I began a series last week to help remind us of who we are as a church. And it's good. It's good every once in a while for a person or a family, a church, even a nation to every once in a while to just remind themselves of of who they are and recommit to who we're striving to be. Because hopefully who we, who we are wanting to be is beyond who we are right now. Because I don't care who you are, whether it's a church, a nation, or a person, there's still room for growth. Amen? Amen. There's none of us that have arrived yet. Uh, some of you are pretty close, but hadn't quite got there yet. So there's room for growth. We're zeal. We're a church in pursuit. And our foundational scripture for our church comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 11, where it says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Isn't that good? Challenging and the, the, the dictionary definition of zeal is this, great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. And we have the greatest cause or ob- objective that has ever existed. Oh, thank you for that one. Um, that's, that's good. Our cause is to make God look big and good and to help as many people as possible come to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We talked about that last week, and I encourage you, if you've never been through growth track, or if it's been a long time since you've been through growth track, go back and watch last week's uh, message because it brings a reminder of why we're here. And how not to lose your zeal. But we are, we are a church in pursuit of everything that God has for us. And it's God's will that we never be lacking in zeal and spiritual fervor. He doesn't want us going around lethargic and apathetic in our walk with Him or our or our work for him. My and my desire is that we be the personification of zeal, a church in pursuit, pursuit of everything that God has for us. How many of you have ever played laser tag before? <laughs> yeah, just it's the ones that are 30 and under that have played laser tag if you're if you're above 35 you're probably saying laser tag is for sissies whenever <laughs> you can't even feel it whenever the laser hits you i mean unless you have your vest on or whatever that lights up you don't even feel it whenever we were young you 35 year olds when we were young we did paintball I mean, you get shot with the gun and you can feel it. You have to wear a helmet because if it hits you in the ear, it's going to hurt really bad. 
And then if you're over 50, 45 maybe, you're saying paintball. You people are sissies. We, have, we, we played uh, cops and robbers with BB guns <laughs> and bottle rockets. And we didn't have any goggles. We didn't have, you know you've been zapped whenever you get hit with a BB or a bottle rocket. And then if you're in your 50s or up, you may be like me. And this is my grandpa that taught me a game whenever I was young. And you would, you would stand about from here to that wall from one another. And you'd take a knife and you would throw it and see who could, who could make the knife land in the grass closest to your feet. That's a real man whenever you You know you've been zapped whenever you've been hit, hit with the knife on your toe. I mean, he was brutal. He had another game. I mean, he loved knives, I guess, where you would, you'd put your hand out and you'd take the knife and see who could do the fastest go in between your fingers without stabbing your finger. Isn't that rough? It wasn't bad at all. I mean, it's. I'm serious. Those were games my papa taught me and actually played with us. You, laser tag, it's no big deal if you don't know that you've been zapped. It's very serious, though, whenever you've been zapped spiritually and you don't even realize it. This morning, I just want to take just a few minutes and let's, let's think about the kind of things that can zap your zeal. Because it's God's desire that we never be lacking in zeal and spiritual fervor. But the enemy's objective is to make sure that our spiritual fervor is diminished in a great way. Jesus told a story, a parable, in Matthew chapter 13. Starting with verse 3, that is, it gives us some examples of some things that can, can zap our zeal. Matthew chapter 13, verse 3, it says, Listen, a farmer went, this is Jesus talking, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. And as he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a, foot, on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. Was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns, that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. God, I pray that the ears of our heart would be wide open to hear you this morning. In Jesus' name. Goes on in verse 18, Jesus gives the, 
what this little story meant, what this parable meant. And he said, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer and planting seeds. Verse 19. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand. If you have your Bible, you can put, don't underline, don't understand. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted where? In their hearts. So we see that the heart is really important in this, in this story. Verse 20. The seed on the rocky soil rep represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They, they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. I've got to stop there because yesterday in, at prayer, um, the guy that was, was leading it talked about some prayer requests that had come from Afghanistan. That, and praise God again, we're continuing to send funds over there to help rescue Christians out of Afghanistan right now. But he, he said... One of, the, one of the prayer requests that came was from an Afghanistan Christian that said, we must, we must reach them quickly because they're going to die so quickly. That's deep roots right there. Whenever, even in the midst of persecution and the possibility of death, that brother was still thinking about those that needed to receive Christ. Is that not awesome? Since they didn't have deep roots, they didn't last very long. Verse 22, I think, is where it was. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. And the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Verse 23, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. So, we see these different examples of those, those who have, haven't lost their zeal. And then we see those who, who have maybe had it and lost it. Here's a couple of things that we see from this passage as far as, as, far as what can zap the zeal. First of all, a lack of understanding. A lack of understanding. They hear the message of the kingdom, verse 19 says, but they don't understand. They don't understand. How many of you have come across some folks that just don't understand? In fact, the Bible says that there's some that are, that are blinded. They can't, they can't see it. They can't hear it. They can't understand it. I remember whenever, whenever Mickey and I first dated several years ago, and then we got married, and at the, whenever we first got married, her mom did our taxes for us, and powerful testimony of Mickey and, and 
how the Lord saved her and brought her to me. <laughs> Praise God, saved her soul. <laughs> she has a family that were far from God. And her mom would did our taxes for us whenever we first got married. And she could not understand. In fact, she would get agitated whenever she saw the, how much, you know, our tithe to the church. Y'all need this, you need this, you need this, and you're giving this much, blah, 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 blah. Took about two years of that, and we decided I'll figure out my own taxes. But there's, you know that you come across some folks that just don't understand because they haven't had the same encounter with God as you may have had. So you have lack of understanding. Then you have the lack of consistent growth can create a diminishing zeal and spiritual fervor. It says they don't have, verse 21 said, don't have deep roots. And then it goes on, they hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. They have an encounter with God. And yet, they don't continue to grow in their relationship with Him. And then whenever hardship comes, all of a the sudden they start hearing the enemy and start believing, just like the children of Israel did whenever they got out and ran into the sea, ran to the sea and all of a sudden they see the army coming, you remember? And by the t after a few times of experience these, these situations, they start saying, Man, I wish we'd never left Egypt. At least we had some good grilled onions there. And it, that happens not only to the Israelites. That's not just a Bible story. That can happen with us. That's the reason why it's so important that... To, I'll go ahead and plug it. Small groups. Spiritual growth happens not whenever we're just sitting in rows... You can, come to a, you can come to church every Sunday morning and look at the, per, the back of the head of the person in front of you and hear a fantastic message and mediocre worship. And <laughs> and still not grow spiritually or have that sense of belonging because spiritual growth happens in the context of relationships. We get forgiveness from God. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. Praise God for that. Most important thing that we can receive is that. Then James 5, 16 talks about for us to confess our sins one to another so that we may be healed. So forgiveness from God comes from confessing our sin to God. Growth and deliverance comes. Spiritual freedom comes in the context of relationships with one another. In relationships with each other that, whom we can trust. All right. So, if you hadn't chosen which, I mean, I'm in heavy competition this, this semester with 
small groups, especially with the guys. I mean, of course, there may be some girls, ladies as well, with the, with the OptiGolf. Now, that's, that's not right. I'm the best small group is free, the Freedom Small Group, and I encourage all of you. Anybody who is part of Zeal Church, at some point, I'm being, I'm, the other was kind of kidding. At some point, I would love for you to go through the Freedom Small Group because it is the DNA of, of Zeal Church. And I would love for you to be a part of that and meet on Wednesday, Wednesday evenings. So, but lack of consistent growth can zap your zeal. All right. The other thing that can do it is just a lack of, of kingdom focus. A lack of kingdom focus. Verse 22 said, the message was crowded out. And all too quickly it says, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, it says. <clears throat> Here's the thing we need to understand. The gospel is a personal message with a kingdom focus. And anytime we start, we start thinking that it's all about me, it will, we will lose our zeal. The way we keep our zeal is to keep a kingdom focus. Because whenever our focus is always on inward, that, that'll wear out after a little bit. Because God doesn't always spoil us. It's not always about our comfort. Sometimes it's about our holiness. Sometimes it's about our growth. Sometimes it's about our discipline. Sometimes He lets us experience a fight so that we can exercise our faith instead of just exercising our talk. We get to exercise, actually exercise our faith against the enemy. So if we keep a kingdom focus, then we can change from, listen, we can change our mindset from why is this happening to me to how can God use what I'm going through to make a difference for others. And He will always take whatever you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're going It does matter what you're going through. And He cares about what you're going through. But He never wants you to just waste your pain. Several years ago, and I didn't ask Mark and Mia if I could talk about this, and a lot of y'all know it, but some of you don't. Several years back, my daughter and son-in-law um, got pregnant and got down, it was down to the, to the day of, they had been to the doctor on Friday and everything looked fantastic, baby healthy, it's perfect. She goes into labor, goes into the hospital on Sunday and all of a sudden, 
we're in the waiting room and I see Mark look through the window and, and just motion for the waiting room was full of people. He motioned to Mickey and me to, to come to the back. And we could tell by his face that something was not happy. There were complications. The baby was, Maddox was born with Down syndrome and some other complications and going to have to have several surgeries and that type of thing. Moved to Children's Hospital. And to make a long story short, four days later, Maddox doesn't make it. Most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life and desperately painful for Mark and Mia. But in the midst of that, I've never been more proud of my daughter and my son-in-law than during that time and the most heartbreaking, wrenching time to trust God in the midst of it. And now after that, they're able to, they're able to say to somebody, God, whenever they're going through a situation like that, in a way that I can't minister to somebody, they're able to say, I know how it feels to go through that. And I know that your heart is breaking right now and you don't see how you can make it. But I can tell you, if you will just keep singing one word from you and continue to declare, God, you're so good. You will come through this and see the faithfulness of God. Yes. Don't give me a golf clap. Go ahead and give God a real clap. Because it is true. And I can tell you story after story after story in my own life, Mickey in my life, in my, our family's life. If we will just declare from the why God are you allowing this to happen to me to God how can I make you look big and good and help people come to know you and find freedom and discover purpose and make a difference in other people's lives for your kingdom's sake. All of a sudden it enlarges the capacity to receive what we need from God to be able to make it through whatever we may have to go through in life. Whether it be persecution, or personal failure, or whatever. If you will just make a turn and turn your eyes toward Jesus. Keep a kingdom focus because the gospel is a personal message. It's for each and every one of us. And it's with a kingdom focus. Not a personal focus, a kingdom focus. Because it said, Jesus said, hear this message in verse 19 at the very beginning. He said, listen to me, all of you with ears to hear. Let me tell you a message about the kingdom. So the four categories, Seth, if y'all can come back. 
four categories of people's kingdom focus. Category number one are those who've really never had one. They've never really had one. Category two of people's kingdom focus are those who have lost it because of problems. Those who have lost it because of problems. Category three are those who've lost it because of pleasures. Because, because, and, and I would say, honestly, I would say more folks lose that a lot of times your zeal is zapped because of problems less than your zeal being zapped because of pleasures. Because here, you're at least saying, God, God, God. Help. Over here, many times, we start just ignoring God. And we don't even realize how zapped we are. It's a dangerous place. Sometimes problems are a whole lot better than our pleasures. That's a whole other message. And I really didn't even mean to expound that much. Somebody must have needed it. <laughs> Category number four. And this is who I want us to be. Those who have it and prioritize it. Those who have a kingdom focus and those who prioritize their kingdom focus. Matthew 6.33 It's an awesome promise. Here's what Jesus promised. Seek first the kingdom of God. And His righteousness. If you will have a kingdom focus, He said, I'll focus on you. All these other things that everybody is trying to get, all of the stuff that we get a personal inward focus on that we run after so hard. He said, if you'll just focus on me and focus on my kingdom, then all your other, the joy and the peace, that'll be added to you. That's a word from God that has all the authority for us to stand on and trust in and believe. So what does a kingdom focus look like? To me, it looks like a person or a church full of people in passionate pursuit of God's presence, of His plans, of His purposes, of His promises, a bunch of peace that influence 
people towards Jesus. If we will do that, if we will be a people like that, neither the good stuff or the bad stuff will be able to zap our zeal when we keep a kingdom focus. Amen? Amen. Can you just bow your heads and your hearts just for a second and then we're going to worship. So it's really... Jesus said that the seed, the seed doesn't change. The seed was the same. The difference was the soil. The soil being the heart. So it's really a heart issue. He said the enemy comes and he tries to snatch the, the spiritual seed from our hearts so we have to protect our hearts the writer of Proverbs said above all else take care of the heart because out of the heart come all the issues of life so the question is what is the condition of my heart? Do I need God to make an adjustment? Do I need Him to plow up some things that are in my heart? To soften it up? To be able to be good soil for the seed? Because I promise you, Problems are going to come that try to choke out your zeal. And other temptations are going to come to make it rocky soil. But I pray this morning there may be some here or online that You've just never understood. You've never, you've never, the seed is never planted in the heart at all. And it's so simple to just allow God, and this is for all of us, to just say, God, you see my heart. Come now and do your work. I'll, I invite you to come into my life. And make a difference. Change me, oh God. Because he paid the price to be able to do it on the cross. So God, right now, I pray for every person. As we worship you. As we just make room for you to in our lives to, to make a change. I pray in your name. That you would refresh us. That you would change us. That you would convict us. That you would help us, oh God. 
be the people that you have for us to be in a world that needs us to be the people that you desire for us to be. In Jesus' name, let's stand.